Welcome to Leading with Hope, helping you lead like Jesus envisions. Well, hey, Colin, we're coming up to Christmas in a few weeks. So uh, uh, let me be the first to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Kirk. Thanks. That's very nice to hear. You know, it's the the start of the season, December 1st. And uh, what what are the plans for the sermon series lining up to Christmas here. Yeah, so December 1st also marks uh, a season in the church called Advent. Yep. Do you know anything about Advent? I love Advent. Do you I, love Advent? I love Advent. So. Well, here's a question for you. What is Advent? Um, are you looking for like the traditional view of it? Are you looking for like the evangelical view or my personal view on Advent? Yes. Yes to all those. Well, I would say Advent is the uh, it's the it's the anticipation to Christmas, but even more than that, that would be like kind of like what the vague answer is. But it's the it's the practice of uh, anticipation for Christ, and it's the time of the year where the church actually kind of looks forward to a season or an event mm-hmm. together, yeah. and uh, kind of prepares their hearts. And you know, it's it's Christmas. The seasons uh, the days are getting shorter. It's getting darker. It's yeah. getting gloomy, and yet we have this hopeful moment that we are looking forward to with anticipation and hope. And I say it's a practice uh, because this is how we're supposed to be looking forward to Christ's second coming. Oh, wow. And so we get this little practice of, in the evangelical church, we don't do this well, where we actually practice physically. Like we are preparing our homes, we're preparing our yeah. families yeah. for this this event, this Christmas day. But really that should be how we are living in anticipation of Christ's second coming is, wow. is physically preparing our homes, preparing our families and our communities and, and looking forward to this bright, hopeful moment where Christ comes for the second time to bring heaven to earth, to, to bring the new Jerusalem, the new creation. Wow. And so it's just this beautiful moment. And so we get to practice it once a year. And I love the, this, the, yeah. the practice of Advent because it's, we, we literally looked forward together with hope wow. for a day. So. so this is about much more than Christmas. This is about reminding ourselves all the time that this world is not our home. That yeah. we belong to a different kingdom. Yeah, and that, and you know, and yeah, that we belong to a different kingdom, but we're that kingdom's representatives here and now. Wow. And so we get to kind of express it, hopefully, to the world. Like, we're looking forward to Christmas na- Day, not nay, uh, day, <laughs> but not because of the gifts or, or the presents, but because of Jesus. And it's all about Jesus, and it's all about his birth. Yeah. And even if he wasn't born on this day, but it's our focal point together as uh, the community of believers, no matter what denomination, to come and actually look forward to Christ. Wow, wow. And so, so this weekend we're starting a new sermon series. Yeah, an Advent series. An Advent series, and we're I, calling it Let Us Adore Him. Which I, I hope I just expressed in some way <laughs> that we just, it's about Jesus. So it, let, let it, us adore Him. So you're preaching this weekend. Yes. Yeah. And what what stirred in your heart to kind of have this focus, let us adore him for yeah. this series? Well, uh, in my introduction to the series and the sermon this weekend, I'm going to ask a question. And it's a pretty loaded question. Oh, It is the question, are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And there's so many ways that it could go, right? From, yes. have you bought Christy a gift yet? Yes, we, we purchased oh. uh, we purchased oh, okay. a so gift together. Yeah, you are so ready for Christmas. Where I'm I am covered. The gifts are coming. Uh, okay. uh, things have been purchased wow. for other families. So I have done none of that. Oh, you you haven't. No, so no. you haven't taken care of kind of like the 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 
practical gift giving side of no. Christmas. So I'm not ready for Christmas there. And you know, I don't know how many people that are listening would say that they're ready for Christmas in that way. It could mean, are you ready for Christmas in the sense that you know exactly what you're going to be doing and who you're going to be doing it with on Christmas, yes. right? What your plans are. What your plans are. Is your house decorated? My house is not decorated. Neither is ours is in process. Ours is not even close to being in process. Oh, yeah, so are you so, ready for Christmas? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we have varying levels of being ready for Christmas, right? Yeah. And that's the same as everybody. But it's the question that I'm asking is not about those sort of themes. It is about how is your soul? Hmm. Are you ready for Christmas when it comes to your soul? You yeah. described it as your heart when we talked about Advent. Yeah. And it's the same thing, heart, soul, interchangeable. Are, is your soul ready for the return of Jesus? Or is your soul set on something else? Yeah. And I think at this time of year, when I, when I look at Christmas in my own life, uh, I find myself getting focused on so many different things. There's the house to get ready, there's food to prepare, there's plans to be made, there's gifts to be bought. We just keep going on. Yeah. In, in my world, there's a, a Christmas Eve service that happens, and I can find myself so easily getting to 801 on December 24th, which is the moment after the service ends. After it's all done. And and I, and I start to realize, wait a minute, my soul's not ready for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I've done nothing to prepare myself for encountering Jesus in a whole new way. And, you know, I, can I just say that, that what you experience personally with yeah. that, I think is is what sometimes we, we experience as the church. Yeah. We anticipate an event or we anticipate um, a dinner, yeah. but we, we forget that it's about Jesus and us and Christ coming to earth for us, to redeem us, to save yeah. us. And so we kind of get caught up in the trappings, the, the decorations, in the, in the taste of the turkey or the, the gift that needs to be bought. And we forget... Not the reason for the season, but like we forget the true reason why Christ came, and that was to to reunite us with our Creator. Yeah, and so with this series, I don't want us as a church to get get to December twenty sixth and not have grown in deeper in our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and so I want to ask, and I want to invite everybody that's coming over these next four weeks and even Christmas Eve to ask the question: How's my soul, and am I? getting closer to Jesus through this season of Advent. Hmm. And each week we're going to look at uh, different groups of people who celebrated on that first Christmas. So different groups of people. And who's your group of people this Sunday? Well, they're not really people. Okay. So, so just different yeah, groups. Yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> different groups. Okay, yeah, you caught me on that. I. Uh, so this week we're, we're going to talk about the angels. Oh, okay, yes. Next week, Pastor Daniel is going to talk about the shepherds. Yep. Uh, then I'm going to talk about uh, the wise men or the magi. And, uh, and then you're following up and you're talking about two prophets that yep. celebrated the birth of Jesus. Simeon and Anna. That's right. And so. with, I'm glad you rec- remember those names. It means you're working on that, sir. <laughs> I am working on it. I, <laughs> I, I have been preparing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And, and each group reveals something about mm-hmm. what it means to celebrate or to adore Jesus, right? And the yeah. question is, are you adoring Jesus the way that the angels, the shepherds, uh, the Magi or uh, Simeon prophets, and Anna yep. did, right? You're asking that question. And so this weekend we're going to ask the questions. A question of why did the angels celebrate and yeah. why does it matter to me today? Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we think about Luke, 
Okay, I, I love, sometimes I bring the, the historical critical kind of guy out of me when I read scripture and I say, I look at Luke chapter two, which is the typical Bible story for Christmas, right? Yep. It's the one, I don't know if you did this to your kids ever. I did it a couple times to my kids until I kind of stopped doing it because it was torturing me as well as them. But reading the Bible story of Jesus's birth before they could open any presents, yep. that's just torture. Right? It, it's, 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 torture yes, for the kids because they just want to open the gifts. Torture for the parents because they're trying to do this great and godly thing. But, you know, hey, here's here's my tip. If you're a parent and you're listening to this, is find a time when God can be honored that has nothing to do with opening your gifts mm-hmm. and read the story as a family. Yes. Do it at dinner. Do it at lunch. Don't do it at 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. On Ex- Christmas Day. Exactly. <laughs> Tried it. Done it. Failed. Okay. Uh, so anyways, that if we go to Luke 2. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I think, I think when most parents jump into Luke to read the story, all of a sudden there's like, wait, where's this part of the story? Where's this part yeah, of the exactly. story? Because we think of the, the nativity narrative and it's what's always pulled from the other gospels as well. Matthew, Luke. And yeah, yeah. we're like, wait, this, I thought this was in the, and, and then so that's what usually trips us up. So it's, it's yeah. what we forget is in a different gospel or in a different location, and then we, our brains start tripping over it for trying to explain it to our children. Anyway, sorry. So, so That's okay. Luke chapter 2, we go to Luke chapter 2, and we read this story, and we encounter the angels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a cool story and everything like that, but here's what we always need to remember when we, we, when we come with a, a critical, not a critical in terms of criticizing, but critical just in terms of analyzing mindset towards the scripture is ask the question why mm-hmm. ask why does luke include a story about angels scaring a whole bunch of shepherds on a dark night yeah. why why is this important why why not just have the shepherds show up at the stable why why do the angels why are they even there mm-hmm. so that's the question we're going to talk about is why are the angels there and to understand that a little bit we're going to talk about angels this week and yeah. Just describe them? Just, or... We're going to describe a little bit of what they do. Um, you know, there's a lot of information out there about angels. You know, if you were to Google Google angels, you're going to find lots of stuff. Yep. And some of it might be true, but a lot of it's just not going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think even as Christians, we have, uh, I'll even say, almost heretical views about angels at times. So you're saying, like, what I, the movies I... The movies I watch and the angels I see in there, those aren't always uh, accurate no. dis- biblical descriptions of what an angel is? No. Oh. A lot of times, you know what, one of the biggest fallacies or the biggest lies is that we that we repeat to each other is that when someone passes away, we say, oh, they're now in heaven and they're an angel. Yes. Uh, that is not true. No. <laughs> uh, angels and humans are not the same thing and we yeah. do not become them when we die. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are transformed. We are renewed. We get a new body doesn't make us angels. No. And uh, and that's one of the things. But there's a lot of beliefs like that. And this isn't a deep dive into what angels are. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about three things that angels do okay. that we see from Scripture that actually reveal uh, why they celebrated that day. Hmm. And, you know, angels are, are fascinating. And, and we, we want, I want us to understand why they celebrated. And as I look at this, you know, oftentimes when I read Luke 2... The thought that comes across my mind is that this is some sort of staged pageant. 
that God is doing, right? It's like spotlight, Q angel one. Yeah. Behold, born to you in the city of David is a savior, the Messiah, and you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And I'm not being disrespectful by saying blah, blah, blah. It's just, sorry. If Don't have the time to go it. through yeah. the whole scripture. But yep. that that is, a, it's almost like that. And then all of a sudden when he reaches the end of that statement, all of a sudden, Q, big chorus, boom, right? And because that's how we think in terms of stage things. As I've read this, I've wondered about whether that's true hmm. or whether it's that God said, okay, I want you, whoever that angel was, to go and to talk to these shepherds and they appear, yeah. boom, they're scared, right? And they say, don't be afraid, for born to you is a savior, the Messiah in the city of David, and you're going to find him. And I wonder if all of heaven was listening and hearing that amazing announcement and the angels were going about doing whatever they were doing and then all of a sudden, what? what? Did, did you just hear that, right? Yeah. And then I wonder if that chorus or that company of angels, as Luke describes it, was actually a spontaneous celebration and worship of God in that moment because yeah. they heard an amazing announcement. Yeah, and news. unlike us, yeah. or maybe we announce, we know it today, but unlike the shepherds at that time or unlike the people in the first century, they understood what was being said. And like an appropriate response then. An appropriate response was oh. a spontaneous worship. I don't know. I'm going to have to ask God when I get to heaven and yeah. say, hey, was that planned? Was that staged the way that my brain has always done it in that cue chorus? Or was this actually... These guys were in heaven and they were doing their work or they were on earth doing their work because that's what it says that angels go back and forth between heaven and earth and they serve God uh, representing him on earth. And they heard this amazing announcement and they said, wait a minute, this is a game changer. Mm. Because what happened was that all of a sudden these, these angels who scripture describes as ministering servants Okay, yep. that's their job. They're the minister. Uh, Genesis talks about them going back and forth between heaven and earth. And they're, they go up into the presence of God. They get instructions. They come down and they serve God. They're not omnipotent. They're not omniscient. They're not omnipresent. All yes. of the omni words we associate with God, they, they go back and forth and they just, they get instructions. Mm -hmm. And it's not that God told them that they had to worship that night, I think. I don't think it's just they're not automatons. They, they have a mind and they think as well. But I think that they're coming back and forth between they hear this amazing thing and they realize it's a game changer because they have been representing God for millennia. A couple, who knows how many millennia. Yeah. Representing God, reflecting his glory, revealing his truth to humanity. And now all of a sudden they hear this announcement and the announcement is that Jesus Christ has come, that God himself has entered into the, into the world and that everything has changed. And the angels who had represented God as proxy, they had been God's proxy. They are no longer needed because instead of encountering God through a proxy, we encounter God himself. Mm. I, I'm sorry, I went a little silent because I'm trying to process this. And this, uh, <laughs> I, I, I process in silence. But So I don't want you to reveal too much more. Yeah. But so maybe what didn't make it into the sermon then if this or is this all of what that didn't make it into the sermon and my no. mind's just kind of like floating right now and I'm thinking about angels or or is there somewhere um, this idea of as God's proxies where they're celebrating in response to the good news and we are that that's we're supposed to celebrate because now we have this direct connection to God we yeah. have you know the Holy Spirit dwelling in us we have God in us and we are able to experience without prophet and without proxy the fullness 
of yeah, God. That's right. And so... Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's there's stuff that didn't make it into the sermon, and, and some of the stuff uh, might focus around, like... I haven't preached it yet, so that's where it's a little bit... A little tough to I've say got this. I've got a ton of content that may not be there. But one of the things was that, you know, this uh, in Luke 2, when he when they declare that for, uh, you know, don't be scared, the angel says, for I come to you with good news. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that word, good news. Mm-hmm. This euangelion, yep. which is a Greek word, which is translated either as gospel or good news yep. or a message. And uh, this was a royal proclamation. And Caesar would send this out. Caesar Augustus was famous for sending this out. He said, he said this once. He said, where is the providence which has guided our whole existence and which has shown such care and liber- liberality has brought our life to the peak of perfection in giving, us, giving to us Augustus Caesar. He wrote this about himself. Wow. Whom it filled with virtue for the welfare of mankind and who being sent to us and our descendants as a savior has put an end to war and has set all things in order. That was an inscription that's been discovered that was written about Caesar. That was the good news of Caesar. An end to war. An Caesar... end to war. That it doesn't fit with history, does it? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm kind of my head is bobbling a little. Well, bit, he did so. bring peace to the Roman Empire in his he time. Did. He did after a time of civil war. But what Luke is doing, and and what God is doing too, in declaring good news, a savior and a Messiah. He says savior, and this was a Greek word. That meant the one that was going to change everything and make it right. And Caesar was the savior. Yeah. And that was what the Romans declared. Caesar is savior. And then Messiah is a Jewish word that says anointed one. Mm. And what God is saying is, is in this announcement that there is, that there is a euangelion, there is a royal proclamation that everything has changed. Yeah. And that this change is for the Greeks who look to a savior yeah. and to the Jew who look to a Messiah. And so from the very beginning, I mean, oftentimes we think, well, yeah, after the Gentile mission began with Paul, right? No, 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 no. Friends, from the very beginning. From the beginning. Jesus was for the Greek and the Gentile. Yeah. Or sorry, the Gentile and the Jew. Uh, yeah. the same same Jew and... Yeah. For all. Christ yeah, for exact, all. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's part, I probably won't be able to get there. But I am, I'm amazed at the language that Luke uses in, in all of this. And he describes that there is peace for whom his favor rests upon. And the, the biblical idea of peace and is just incredible because it is shalom. It is this contentment mm. that everything I have is all that I need. Yeah. As we've been talking about in the generous in series. General, yeah. It is about satisfaction that I am doing what God has placed me here to do. And that I don't have to be somebody else or something else. It is the absence of conflict end of war end of war it yep. is it is joy and life in his presence like mm. peace is just an amazing thing and and the angels declare when they have this what i think is probably a spontaneous celebration of the birth of jesus christ they say that peace will rest on those who his who have his favor who wow. is it that has his favor yeah it's really everyone yeah and yet it's those who choose to pursue him mm. And so the favor is available to everyone. Yep. But you know what? I can I can lavish my favor upon you. Yep. But if you don't accept it, if you just don't even have any contact with me or intimacy with me, yeah. um, I, I could lavish my favor on you, but you'll never experience it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same with God, that there is a peace that, that he wants to extend to us. There is favor he wants to pour on to us. And yet too often, I think we get caught up in 
the things of this season that just distract us from the peace and the favor that is expressed in Jesus Christ. And so in this series, what I want to call people to do is actually to come to the point where you answer this question, are you ready for Christmas? But also answer this question, when was the last time you adored Jesus the way the angels did? Mm, Because of who he is and what he brings into this world. And we'll talk more about that in the sermon. But I just, you know, let's let's try to adore him yeah. like the angels did. Yeah. Let's try to have, and, and that's where I'm like, this unscriptedness of maybe that evening that I'm suggesting is there, is maybe we need to add some unscripted adoration time into our life. Yeah. And we just need to be driving down the street and worshiping. We need to be walking through uh, Scarth Street Mall and worshiping. We need to be sitting at our dinner table and and breaking into comments of adoration with our family about who Jesus is because of all of the things that he has brought and the angels recognize the greatness and the glory of Jesus that that entered into this world and i think we often go through life without really recognizing the greatness and the glory of who Jesus is and finding ourselves in moments of just sweet adoration of him and so come let us adore him yeah that's like the angels did. Like the angels did. That is, I, I'm really looking forward to the series now. Even, even <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say, but I, if this didn't make it into the sermon, I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's, it, it's, it's partly in there, but there's just some, I mean, it's good reminders for everything that, that we're talking about. Yeah, and, and Christy and I were talking, it was yesterday morning. I was almost late to work because we were talking. And it was about how there's such great beauty in this world, but... God's ultimate goal is to restore it to its fullness. Yes. So the world is worshiping God. The stones are crying out with great beauty, beautiful sunsets here in the prairies. And so it's it's where can we work in this adoration of who he is and kind of practice the kingdom yeah. that he came to establish. Like it wasn't an earthly kingdom like Caesar. It's the eternal kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. And that is what Christ has come to do and we get to experience it in the here and now because yes. of his presence, his peace. And the hope that he brings. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Adore him. The more we focus on him, mm. uh, the more I believe we will, it will cause us to have these spontaneous eruptions of adoration in him. And it will prepare our soul, not just for Christmas, yeah, but actually for the whole year, as we talked about Advent being about. Yeah. And prepare our soul for the second coming. Amen. Because we will not look forward to the second coming until our soul longs to be with the person that we are focused upon, right? Oh, oh yes. Amen. <laughs> so so good. We'll we'll end on that note. And let's end I'm here all week. Try yeah. the veal. Woo, you know? <laughs> that is so good. I don't even know how to top that. Thanks, Kirk. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.